Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors to hear about what they are learning, what they are teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, welcome to the Behind the Sermon podcast. We got with us Pastor Jeremy. Hello. Say hello right now. Hello. Hi. Hi. We got Pastor Nate. Hi. And Pastor Steven. Hey! <laughs> so we have all four of us because we're all in the, in Dover today, but we are concluding the series uh, Gideon, which was all about confidence. And so we did that yesterday. Yep. It was week three, and we talked through kind of the big story of Gideon's life. So when you look at scripture, this is kind of the climactic moment of uh, him defeating the army, which... Um, we were going back and forth, Pastor Nate, about whether or not it talked about the size of the army. It says later in Judges, it was 135,000 men. Oh, so I even, I was afraid I said 110,000, maybe only in second service, but I was afraid I exaggerated. Oh. And I didn't. Hey. Yeah. That just proves I never exaggerate. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But yeah, so this is this is kind of the the climactic moment. He takes yeah. three hundred men, beats this huge army, and so we worked through, um, we worked through it in kind of a different way than it's it's preached on a lot. When we talked a lot about confidence in community, um, and so just kind of working through that. So, Nate, why don't you give us a little bit of what you were trying to convey and what what was going on? <laughs> Uh, so I think big picture point was, um, sorry guys, my caffeine hasn't kicked in. That's all right. It'll be a great last 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) The, the big thing that we're talking through is confidence and our, having our confidence increase by the people we have around us. Mm-hmm. So Gideon is um, facing an army of 135,000. So he was outnumbered one to 10 with his army of 32,000. And then God said, too easy. And we're, let's make you outnumbered even more than that. And uh, so, yeah, that's just kind of what we're talking about. Um you know, even when God gives us a call, very, very rarely is it a singular calling. Mm. Um, you know, he He wants us to partner with others to uh, to move his kingdom forward. Yeah. For sure, for sure. And um, yeah, and I mean, we've been hitting on it a little bit because uh, we hit on it in Pitfalls and then even in this series, just um, loneliness and isolation being a consistent problem and kind of theme of where we are culturally um especially like the the stat that was shocking to me was 60 like 31 percent of americans say that they feel very lonely but more importantly 61 percent of young adults say that so there's a radical difference between even like the general population and people who tend to be younger there's a when over 50 percent of the population is feeling crippling loneliness that's a pretty insane statistic. Yeah, it is. What? Why is that? Like, why is it so? Uh, it's like a common thing here, right? Like, why is that happening? 
Um, I would say it's it's a couple of different factors. So one, we have um, a naturally disconnected generation when it comes to with technology and stuff. So right. there's just study after study that proves social media use is directly correspondent to loneliness. Yeah. Mm. So the more social media you consume, the more lonely you feel. So that's like a a one to one correlation. Because it's like the people you know best, you don't actually ever see. Mm -hmm. Like the people you're following people's lives on social media, and you don't actually work through it. You know. Yeah. Which ties a lot through what you were talking about. It's hard to talk through like what you're going through through social. Like people don't really respond to that. Even before social media, because that's relatively new. But when I was 14, you begin to meet people who could only talk online, Mm. but they couldn't talk in person. So right at the very beginning of Instant Messenger and was it ISQ, ICQ, was it was just another one of those and chat rooms. And so yeah, I I don't know what that is. You get you would end up having like a great friendship with someone like from another church or a youth group. Yeah. And then you get in person and they didn't know how to talk mm. or you mm-hmm. didn't know how to talk to each other. And that was 20, 30, 25, 30 years ago. I mean, that was a long yeah. 25. I don't know. I'm terrible at math, but it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's that the instant. Yeah. I think that's part of it. And then I would always, I'm always interested because that's like general population. I'd be fascinated to see one that focused specifically on New England because I would imagine it's worse because... I would imagine it would be less. You think so? <laughs> yeah. Because we're used to living isolated. Uh, that's true. I Yeah, I do, we're used to living isolated, but um, I would wonder how much of us, our culture impacts the fact that we do have... A, we're semi-isolated naturally. So we're very yeah. insular, I don't know, people, I guess is the right <laughs> term. <laughs> and I, I like what you said, Passionate, on your sermon. Uh, you know, a lot of people, like even us, and like following people, we tend to like follow people, but not, not, uh, let me <laughs> silence, silence my your phone. phone. <laughs> and, like, watch, actually. Sounds like a ping pong game's happening in Steven's corner. But he's Sorry, watching this is what happens iPhone. when I'm here. <laughs> Perfect wedding ring. So, um, where was I? Uh, yeah, I, so again, talking about, uh, you know, being following and being followed. Uh, you know, even in my life. Right, yeah. You know, like, I know, like, oh, I'm following this person and wish, hey, can you follow so that... I can show people, hey, this person, or maybe like concert, going for a concert or a preaching session. And, you know, we want to get a picture. We want to get, you know, an autograph. Why? Because we want to show like, oh, you know, we met people, you know, but not considering, hey, they're human beings just like you. Right. So that pressure uh, off, off saying, hey, I want to be followed because I have a cool friend with me, you know. I think one of the things that you brought up that that hit me the most that I think is important to talk through is when I forget how you worded it. You said to have you gain confidence with a confidant. Is that how you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you went through like, all right, Gideon had his friend there to hear it. And almost now it made it easier for Gideon to not talk himself out, build right. himself down. 
And um, I just think that's something we we lack a lot of the time is like working through like, again, New England's more isolated. So if you don't have people to talk through like, hey, God, I think God is asking me to do this, like then you're never going to have follow up. And then I think you're guaranteed going to talk yourself out of it. I remember, you know, I went to the gym all the time with my friend Sam. I remember going through a season of life where I was praying through being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I felt like that happened one night. I was just spending time in prayer. I felt like that happened. I told him at the gym the next day with the mindset of if I don't, I think I could talk myself out of it and start Mm -hmm. to work through it. And even then, if I started to work through it, like Sam would remind me and like encourage like, Hey, remember like that was so cool that that happened and that we were able to share that. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. It did. You know? And I think we always talk ourselves out of it. That's one of the, I think Rod Loy wrote a book called immediate obedience Yep, because if you don't obey right away, yeah, then you end up like you end up one missing the opportunity to, you convince yourself that, that wasn't nah, God. It could not have been God, and you end up not doing anything. Yeah. And the faster you obey, even if you're wrong, the more often you'll hear God speak, and the more often mm. you'll be used. Yeah. So if you think, "Oh, I should go pray for that random person in the store," no, yeah, that's probably my own idea i'll do a lap and and if they're still there when i come back (laughs) after going around yeah if i bump into them the same day next year then (laughs) i'll know so god if you really want me to do it here's my fleece have them be here yeah the next four years (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's true but i just um i don't know when you were talking through that i felt like that's that's almost the pivotal point of how do you have confidence with your community? It's like, you have to actually have confidence in them and you have to talk through things you're struggling with, things you're working through or else you won't, you know, you, you'll, you'll back out of it. I think of a million things that I've tried to share with people. So they try and hold me accountable. And I don't know. I just always, I think that's so important. And I think as a, as new England, because we like to be more shut in. Like the only things people know are the things we're currently succeeding at. But, you know, I could even say for some close friends of mine, I don't really know what they're hoping for. You know, they don't want to talk about what they're hoping for. They just, they just let me know what they're doing well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and so I just, that just hit me when you were talking through like to have someone to, to talk through and could be on the journey with you right. is so important. Yeah. It's so important. So I liked the way you talked through that. And I think that's a really cool point to bring up in it. Yeah, I think he said, show me your friends and I will show you your future. Mm-hmm. Uh, really powerful. Uh, and, uh, you know, I I think we all need that one person, at least one person in our lives where we are really raw uh, and honest with each other. Uh and doesn't mean like they have to mentor you or like coach you or stuff like that, but at least one person whom you can trust and go and say, Hey, I screwed up big time. Can you help me walk, uh, yeah. walk me through it? Because a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of the things, uh, like being here, uh, for a year and a half, 
talking through a lot of people, young and mid-age, old, they all fight this battle that they don't have anyone in their life that they can go and say, hey, I screwed up big time, mm-hmm. you know, and they struggle. So as you said, Pastor Jeremy, like they want everyone to see, hey, I'm doing, I'm successful, you yeah. know, I'm doing great. But inside they're just wrestling, like have having like UFC match happening inside of their, in their heart where they're struggling with their identity. Right. They're struggling with uh, their marriage. But outside they're like, yeah, we have perfect marriage. But inside they're like, nope. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a place or a person that they can just openly go and say, hey, I screwed up. And uh, I think last year when we went to the general council, uh, uh, Pastor Rollins. Uh, oh, that was that River Valley Conference. River Valley Conference. Jimmy Rollins. Yeah. So like, you know, talk even them being open about their marriage, it really struck mm-hmm. in a different way. Hey, we all screw up. He was a pastor. He 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 was pastoring at that time, but still, like, he had people that he connected with. And now he's running a church. He's part of a church, and they do marriage conferences and counseling yeah. for people who are broken and who's going through the same thing. Why? Because he had somebody that that he trusted and said, "Hey, I want to do. I screwed up. Can you help me?" Yeah. And what do you think? That's just pride that keeps us from actually wanting to. Fear of looking like I think a wishy-washy so. person. I think know. so. And that's what I love about Gideon is he has no problem being <laughs> humble. <laughs> right. Like, so like one of the things that I noticed, and so it was the first time I've ever clicked when reading the story, is God gives him a conditional. He says, if you are afraid to attack, then go down with Pura. Mm. And so he, Gideon doesn't have to go down there. Like that's not part of the plan. If he's confident, he doesn't have to go. But then Gideon's like, no, I am terrified. <laughs> yeah. We're going. And so immediately they go down into the camp. And so there's this moment where Gideon has no problem with humility because he's admitting in this moment, like God said, if I'm scared, I am very scared. I am going to go. Yeah. And so I like that he acts on the conditional that God gives because he didn't have to. He could have been like, mm-hmm. no, I'm I'm confident. And he didn't have to take because it wasn't a command. It was an option. Yep. And so he 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 latched onto it and, and jumped into it. Honestly, so. we probably should be scared most of the things that God asks us to do, because mm. we He puts us in the three hundred against hundred and thirty five thousand odds, pretty regular. If you're going to accomplish something for God, He's gonna He's gonna put you there. Yeah, um, He's gonna put you there. But isn't it a good scared rather than the bad scared? Like knowing like, hey, God will take care of it. So in the in the midst of being, well, I, I guess there is a difference between good scared and bad scared. When you're on an amusement park ride and you're scared and then it starts to flip over and then you're bad scared. <laughs> <laughs> right. But maybe initially you don't know. You, you write because people aren't like... Little kids aren't like, I don't want to ride that ride because I'm good scared, right? Yeah. Right. It's just, it's all that. I want to avoid the feelings of fear at all. Yeah. So even if we know God has something good for us at the end of it, mm-hmm. right? we're still scared because, uh, you know, ultimately you don't know when it turns into persecution or martyrdom and right. not everything is success. 
not every not every battle the Midianites are completely eradicated. Right. You have battles where you were doing what God says, you come back and you had losses. And and it's hard to understand God there was a loss. We did what you wanted. Right. right. Yeah, which I think even goes on, like Gideon immediately after this victory, he goes and he's still chasing the Midianites. Um, and there's moments where his army is starving. So that actually happens pretty soon after. He goes and his army's literally starving. And so he goes to a town, he's like, feed us. And they're like, oh, well, we'll feed you once you've killed the Midianite kings. And it's this moment of even in the midst of these amazing victory, Gideon still faces a trial and still faces an opponent and still doesn't have people who are confident in him. And he just has to keep trudging on in the midst of that. And like, there's still that difficulty, like in the moment, like God did a miracle, but then two days later, your army's starving and you still have to keep, keep going. You got to keep pursuing and chasing after even, even when working through that. And so, um, so just because there's one victory doesn't mean that it carries on forever. (laughs) So, Right. And it's not, if we're going to follow God the rest of our life, we don't have one victory. And then he says, all right, spend the rest of your life in a victory lap. Mm. Right. No, like, no, on to the next race. Um, and, you know, think about, like, NFL. You, you win the championship game, you get 12 hours of rest, and then you're back in watching film preparing for the next. Right. Well, again, too, because if, if you get a victory and then it's like, all right, take it easy, essentially. Take it easy. It, right. <laughs> Eventually, it turns into like, hey, thank you so much for depending on me. Um, you know what? Just live your life for the next year, not depending on me because you did so well. Right? right. Like, so the idea of like, it stayed hard because God was like, I still want you to know that I'm the one taking care of you. So. Sure, you could have won and whatever, found all the soldiers' food, and now your 300 men have enough food to last a long time, and then it's still like, perfect, we're good, we can just take it easy, we don't have to trust in God. Yeah. And so, I think, again, looking for that, like, relief, I don't know, I just think that's, that's the wrong, that's the wrong mindset to have. You want, you want to try and live a life that is constantly dependent on God. Not one where like, I'm going to be dependent for this long. So then I can retire and no longer be dependent on God. Yeah. Mm. You know, which, you know, that's kind of a tangent, but you do see a lot of older people do, do things in the ministry and almost reach an age where they think uh, I've done my stuff. I'm good. Yeah, now, I, I, I've gotten that. I, I don't know that I've really heard that in a long time, mm. but I definitely heard it when I was in my twenties. Yeah, and people were like, "I did my I did my duty. It's the next generation's duty." Yeah, and just from from lay people, like, wait a minute, we're all followers of Jesus, yeah. right? So how do you get to tag out? Hey, right. I'm done following. Um, you follow now, and I don't know. It, it, it's weird. You miss, you miss out. You miss out on the best parts. And we're we're so fortunate to have we have we have such a strong crew at our church of people who, you know, meet with people who are 80, 85 coming into me and go, I want to tell you what God's working on right now in my life. 
Yeah. And I love that. I think it's so exciting that they're not they're not ready to tap out. In fact, they're starting new things and in the yeah. age of 80 and they're, you know, they're working through like, that's exciting. Our 70 plus crowd is a highly engaged yeah. crowd. Yeah. They are great, godly people. Yeah. Great examples for it. But yeah, I just think that living that life of dependency is what's important. And I think that's something that they had to learn as well. So tell me guys what something that uh that that you're dreaming about, what's something that um God's challenging you with? Um something you know, something that um maybe that you a battle that you just won, but talk to us about that. Yeah, Jeremy. Us. Talk to us about that. <laughs> um, I mean, one I one I try and talk through pretty openly about. Um, I'm still trying to work through getting my credentials through the Assemblies of God. So, pastor of of Dover. Um, yeah, thanks for uh, giving me your answer. That made it pretty easy. Did Sorry. I take anything away from you? No, for I mean that? I've done all that I can in my power. Yeah, it's there all you go. in the supernatural You've... at this point for my <laughs> credentials. <laughs> Um, <laughs> on hands of Springfield, Missouri. Yeah, just waiting on a, waiting but, on a but yes. going through that, um, going through those classes, I try and tell as many people as I can where I'm at with it, so people ask me more because it's embarrassing to have the same type of answer. You know, <laughs> oh, you know, still on that, still on hermeneutics. You know, session one, but um, working through that, that's something that I've had a calling in my life for for a long time, and I know. God wanted me to do the education portion for me, not so I could get credentialed. And so I'm making sure me having the position at a church doesn't take away the fact that God wants me to get the education for me. He wants the learning to come for me. And so I could say, all right, well, I'm, I'm functioning as pastor. I've been, you know, you've given me that authority um, so I could, I could not do it, but I know that's something that God has for me. So working through paying for that is is still a struggle for for Haley and I. Working through paying for that and making sure I keep up with classes to make the money worth it and all that. That's definitely you know it doesn't sound like a very big thing, but it's it's a lot for me. Well, no, it's so you have a dream of of uh, being ordained with the AG, right? Yeah, so that's a great thing. That doesn't you don't have to minimize that. Yeah, absolutely. Not to minimize that, just because. David fought one giant and Gideon fought an army of 135,000. Doesn't make one a bigger step of faith than the other. Yeah. That's good. Uh, for me, I'm in the middle of um, probably, I don't know how, how to describe I guess it's like a, a discipline journey. So um, I'm working on trying to make consistency a regular part of my life because mm -hmm. I tend to go through um, cycles. So I'll be really healthy for six months and lose a lot of weight and get up to running a half marathon and then it'll fall off. And then- But I'll... if you zoom out of that timeline, you're pretty consistent. <laughs> 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 Look at that 10-year timeline, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so doing that, and so that just, that just happens in a lot of different areas in my yeah. life. Like I'll start- 
it happens with books. I'll read, you know, I'll go through phases where I can read, you know, 10 books in a month and then I won't read a book for two months. And then I'll go through a phase where I'm really on top of diet and I'll be healthy and then I go out of it. And so just trying to be like long-term consistent is yeah. one of the things that has been become like, I mean, I've been on a long-term consistent journey for like three years inconsistently. So <laughs> I've been uh, like, uh. so I've been like, it's always <laughs> yeah. been a thing, but yeah. I'm, so I'm always just trying to move it forward and stuff like that. And so I just want to be consistent in, you know, and just with little things. Cause it, it, yeah. it is a hindrance, like making sure, you know, I'm actually using my calendar that I'm, you know, cause I'll go through a phase where I use a calendar all the time and then I stop using a calendar and then, and so just not letting a bump in the road derail me because that tends to happen. Like I'll miss one day of running and then I'll give up on all the running forever. And that's been a, that's been a journey I've been on since I was like seven years old. Cause I remember when I was young, I had a mentality of, uh, if I was going to get, if I was going to get late credit for an assignment in school, I just wouldn't turn it in. So like it was more painful to lose 10 points and turn it in late than just to accept a zero. And so just having that mentality, and so that happens a lot. So it's like, if I miss one day of running, well, I'm just not going to run ever again. And like that mentality has been uh, one that I'm trying to like overcome and, and work through. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Nice. I think for me, uh, it's more uh, investing in myself this year uh, is uh, from my start of this year itself. I made that a plan and purposefully saying no to people, purposely saying uh, yes to people and how much time I'm giving for other people and things like that. Because last year I was just giving out all like, yeah, because because you're you're in that position where people need you, you know, like people want to talk to you all the time. Like they'll just randomly walk in, no appointment. They'll just randomly talk and just sit. And next thing I know is like my two and a half hours is gone, you know. So, uh, which is okay. But this year it's like no, I need to invest in myself so that I can I can grow in myself and then lead other people. So. Uh, I had to say no to a lot of a lot of things this year, uh, which is which is not like me. Uh, but that's okay. That's okay for me. So the uh, one thing for me. So um, I want to uh, I want to have I want to own a bunch of rental properties. Mm. So I've done that before. Um, and I think, I think I've owned two. I maybe I've only owned two properties at a time, but I've had multiple houses and I've owned two at a time and I've rented them out and done different things. So currently we don't have any of that. I just have, um, we just have our house. But that's still a dream of mine. One of the things for me, one of the, one of the reasons that's my goal, is uh, I've you know, being in ministry, you meet a lot of pastors who at the end of their, end of their, you know, nearing the end of their ministry, the end of their life, they can't transition out of their role because they can't afford to. And so mm. the church is kind of stuck with someone they love, but who's not moving them forward. And so I want to be able to step away the moment I need to. And so That's what cool. I hope is to replicate 
to reproduce my income. Um, so like the rental properties will make me as much income as my current salary. And so yeah. then when it comes time for someone else to take my role or for me to move into a volunteer role, I can just do it. That's so that's cool. kind of a long-term, a long-term future goal that'll yeah. take me the next 30 years to do. I love the heart behind that. I love the idea behind that. It's not like, oh, I just want to make more money and make more money. It's just cool. I just like, I like the way you think. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, I like. It's just cool. I like that too. Yeah. I'm just trying to make more money and make more money. <laughs> One of another, another thing. No, I have dreams too. Next year, I hope to buy every kid a new four wheeler. <laughs> oh, so yeah. they're selling all their goat soaps and puppies this year for Speed of Light. So they're hoping to raise ten grand. And so then, like my thought is, why don't you do it again next year, and we'll get everybody a four wheeler. Oh so yeah. That's, so it's not like I don't like spending money here. Yeah, talk to that because you you've you've done that intentionally before, and I think it's a good parenting lesson where you will meet your kids' generosity with generosity. So when your kids are generous, you try and honor that by being generous. Um, well, so with their stuff right now, Michelle and I pay for all the goat and chicken feed and all of the soap supplies. And so 100% of their income, um, of the, it's, it goes toward Speed of Light and them. Um, this year's, so that's what we're doing toward that. This year, the other thing we're doing is we're trying to match them. We don't want them to outgive us. I think they will, but we're trying to at least <laughs> keep up with them. Yeah. So that's not, so that's a little bit different. Um, what we're trying to say is, hey, you're inspiring our generosity. Yeah. And trying yeah. to see like you're pushing us further and trying to let, let them see themselves as leaders. Next year, so this is different than what you're talking. So just make sure that I interpret it right. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying them four wheelers next year. I'm trying to get them to buy themselves four wheelers and dirt bikes. Yeah. So like I've already priced it out. Like, hey, if you give ten thousand dollars to Kingdom Builders this year, next year, if you had a ten thousand dollar budget, here's the four pieces of equipment we could buy with that. Yeah. And so just trying to not motivate them, but just be you know hey keep working hard yeah and um so that's a little bit different i think uh, than what you were at their, at, at yeah. their age an average of ten thousand years more than i ever made <laughs> yeah but i think i remember you one time uh i think when you got pickles it was the dog you one of the things that they did was they decided to give the money they'd been saving up for the puppy to speed the light right and so you yeah, they wanted a puppy. They wanted a puppy. And I just kept saying, um, no, you made a kingdom builder's goal. Give to God what you promised and see what he can do. And um, they'll know this if they listen to this podcast. And probably a couple of them do know they figured it out. But they they hit their goal, which was maybe $1,000 to speed the light. And then we bought them a puppy. We didn't tell them we bought them a puppy. We said they... God gave you a puppy. <laughs> you gave to God and he gave you a puppy. Yeah. Which is what he did, though I paid for it. But, you know, I try to make it sound like they got it for free. But 
It was a so if you're listening, you're thank you to your father. <laughs> no, yeah, your heavenly father. Your heavenly father? Because <laughs> he put his thumb on me and made me get you a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, I mean, uh, other dreams you want to talk through? I have a dream, yeah. Uh, so I... I've been talking to you, Pastor and all of us, I guess, about my food truck. Uh, oh yeah food business i'm so passionate about food uh, and uh, my heart is missions mine and my wife uh, we have done missions and always we love uh, uh, giving out for people uh, we support in india even now uh, so we have a goal for to start a food truck or a food business and we have a name as well for that. Are you going with Corrido? Corrido. Yeah. I don't think you can. I think that's trademark. Is it tra- is it too Corrido big? Is but I thought it's it the name of that restaurant. But, uh, but they the don't do it right. Will be different. They don't do it, it right. Spell, you use a Y right, instead of an I. Hang yeah. on. Let me pitch this to the listeners right now. Corrido. All right. First, they make the best curry ever. Now you're going to eat it in burrito form. Maybe even take a burrito shell, fry it into the shape of a cone, and it's filled with curry. You want that. You want that food truck. Yeah. So I want that food truck. <laughs> <laughs> My inspirations are already here. So that's that's just motivation for me to just, you yeah. know, to, talking through it. And uh, every, at least once a month, we talk about it, me and my wife. And, um, you know, we just want to fund ourselves to go for missions and support the missions out there. Uh, and again, what you said, Passionate, uh it's not for us, but it's just more to to bless the nations, to bless uh, pastors. Uh, we we know, like back home, the pastors don't have a fixed salary; they get what people offer. So if they put ten dollars, the tide goes to the pastor. So that's it. That's all what they live off, and they have to give education for the kids, you know, wife, and you know. So we know the struggle because we've been there. Uh, so we we want to support that those people who are who cannot afford themselves. So that's one of my our dream to to do it. Yeah, yeah. We should kingdom builders that. <laughs> yeah, we should. I think one one for me that I we we make the push through, but it's a dream I never fully talk about, and I even avoided it to talk talk about just taking my classes, but getting getting our church first in a, in a culture that we write our own praise to God, like we write our worship. And again, I try and also make sure. And even if I stray away from it, pastor Andrew always yells at me to get back on it. But you know, the goal is never just so we can like, Oh, our name should be as high as Brandon lakes. But you know, I don't, I don't like the idea of one tiny corner of America structuring how the rest of America worships. And I just like the idea of churches, you know, writing their own music. And so that, that's been a dream since I've probably been saved to do that. And honestly, we do, we have a culture starting. It's probably just a lot slower than, than I had wanted. But um, even being approached by some other worship pastors in the area that want to do songwriting retreats for New England to get New England, you know, having more of a worship voice. I think it's just a big dream. 
just a big dream to see, you know, we've done a couple Sundays, they're really cool Sundays when the entire worship set was written by our, our team. Mm -hmm. And I think those are always the best worship sets. And just because it's so much fun to know this was, this was, this is being sung by our house, written by our house. And it's just really fun to do that. It's just a big dream that I want to see our church down the road. I want it to be a fun cover when we do other people's worship. Right. But I, I'd like primarily to see our worship come from us because that, that's just, to me, that's like the ultimate way for right. us to worship. Like, God, these words are by us for you. Yep. you know, we're not reciting other people. So yep. it's a big dream for me to see, which yeah. I think we're close, very close. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, one of, and then another one that I have is, you know, I really, we, I really want to have some sort of side business in my life in some way, shape, or form. So I'm always trying different things to see what, what's sticking and what can land and what I want to do as a side <laughs> and business. And every time you see someone doing something badly, you consider, well, if they're making it, maybe yeah. I could do this. I, I just know that's always our joke. Oh, maybe we should get into the fire alarm business. Yeah. <laughs> like when we have trouble with someone, like, oh, wow, this one seems easy. Yeah. When we try and find someone and we've had, we've emailed five companies and none of them will reply and we've got money ready to spend. Yeah. Why don't we go into the sign business? You know, <laughs> yeah. signage is pretty. I just know that's good. always on your mind. It's yeah. it's obvious that that's always on your mind of like getting something. It's true. Yeah. So it's always there, and you know, and so you know, right now my latest fascination has been woodworking, and so I've been wanting to do that for a while, and it's just like my house is my kitchen table has a burn an etching laser on it. I've got planers kicking around. I've got <laughs> wood slabs all over the place, and you know, even today I'm gonna go drive an hour to buy a cheap piece of wood because I'm like, oh, I can turn that into a table that I can that's sell cool. for $200. And so that's always on my mind. And yeah. cool. You do make things. pretty pretty awesome stuff too. Because <laughs> this would be the first time I declare this publicly and I've said it Ooh. to you guys before. Oh, okay, but to the podcast. Yeah, but I want to be a president of a Bible college one day. Mm. So oh, yeah. I, it, I couldn't do it now. I, I need to get a doctorate. So... A doctorate. I'll have to get a doctorate at some point in order to for that to ever happen. So it's kind of like if I want that, if I want to hit that goal one day, then I need to have the steps. I need to have the stuff done. Even his dreams have dreams. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's that's kind of how it works, right? Yeah. yeah. No. You're yeah. gonna you're gonna have a food truck business you better have a food truck and then you better have a license and then you better have a yeah. health permit and then you better have a, at least one yeah, good recipe sure. so there's uh yeah those are a whole lot less years than a doctorate though yeah and i think <laughs> i read it so i'm trying to remember who said it but it, it always resonated with me and it's like i still fall into mentality and it talked about the problem with our generation so millennials is we think that we can change the world and still have time to take a half day on Friday. Like there's this, there's this underlying fear that we're not moving fast enough and missing, like we well, want you, it to happen now. Everybody's trying to get everything their parents have worked a lifetime to get. Yeah. yeah. So like my grandfather got his first car when he was 36 years old. His wow. first car. So I had my first car before I was 16. Um, 
and he bought my grandfather bought his first house. I'm trying to think. They might have been 65 years old. They bought their first house. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Now their rent in Nashville was like $350 a month, but <laughs> but they lived there for 20 years. All right. And um you know, I bought my first house I was 27. But other people are trying to buy their first. It, it just every everybody's trying to rush everything. Yeah. I need to have everything. Yeah. And that's um that's a mistake. And then if we can't get it fast enough, then we don't try to do anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I just think about how many people, you, we need more Christian lawyers, mm. more Christian doctors. Yeah. Um, and people are like, well, it'll take too long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I've said it on the pos- podcast before, but that whole idea of we overestimate what we can do in a day yeah. and underestimate what we can do in a year. Yeah. Yeah. Or in, 10 years. Or 10 years. But yeah, even thinking through like, I think Pastor Travis and I talked about it, and so we labeled it when we're talking about teenagers and helping them raise up. I said, you know, we talk about missions, but here's what we also need to do. We need to talk about millionaires and missionaries. So there's kids who you might not be called to the missions field, but you're called to give millions to missions. So go become a doctor. Go become a lawyer. Go start a business. Go do these things that are going to fund the kingdom of God in a powerful and real way. And don't ever give up on that dream and, you know, pushing, pushing that mentality. I was at a pastor's event one time and I don't remember what we had to do. If we had to write a dream on a board or one future goal. So, I mean, it's a whole room of pastors. And so I walk up on the whiteboard and I write my, I want to be a millionaire. I walk back to my seat and man, was I harassed. One guy was still harassing me about that four or five years later. Wow. Like, oh, the pastor. Pastor wants to be a billionaire. <laughs> and, um, but I just felt like I needed to because yeah. it is, I think it is a goal of mine. But I think we, because we're pastors, we think that could never happen. No, yeah. we don't have to take adva- We're not going to take advantage of the church. And, right. But there are pastors who are because they wrote one book. Yeah. That was a bestseller, Purpose Driven right. Life. <laughs> <laughs> or um insert motivational title here it, well that was a real example but no, there, I i'm trying to think no, there's another um anyway there's there's a whole there's a whole bunch your best life now <laughs> uh but there's a whole bunch you so all it takes is one book that god anoints yeah and um but anyway that uh, anyway, that's uh, just talking about how people mock dreams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, one of the things I love immediately following um, Gideon's success against the Midianites, people tried to hijack his dream. So if we read on to chapter eight, it says, "Then the people of Ephraim asked Gideon, Why have you treated us this way? You didn't send for us when you first went out to fight the Midianites.'" And they argued heatedly with Gideon. They saw his success, and from there, they were trying to hijack, and uh, they were offended. And meanwhile, Gideon, in this moment, must have been like, yeah, you wouldn't have come. That's why I didn't ask. Yeah. Like that, but instantly, there's this attempt to hijack and say, we deserved this glory. We deserved this, you know? And so, they're instantly faced, Gideon's instantly faced with this mocking and this stuff. And just as soon as he f- begins to find a modicum of success, and I think that is 
a harsh reality we face as you find success or God anoints something, mm. there's instantly pushback and mm. tearing down. And um, it's not that people are con- like people aren't content to stay in their own mediocrity. They need you to stay there with them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that mentality becomes, is so easy to adopt and to carry. Right. People want to hold us back. Right. And they don't want you to move forward. They want to hold you back and find your godly cheerleaders. Find the people who are going to cheer you on to chase God and are going to just continually um, push, but also won't say yes to whatever you say. Like they do have a conversation. They will point you to scripture. They will give some pushback. Yeah, for sure. And, um, and to think through it that way. Absolutely. Well, we finish up this series. The three of you are each preaching live at your location on Sunday. Yes. Palm Sunday. Celebrate that. The King is here. Everything's going to be different. And then he dies. Um, <laughs> but don't worry. Just imagine, like, just yeah. think about how heartbroken that would be like a Miami Dolphins fan of Tyreek Hill who just got traded there, like died this week. <laughs> they think they're going to the Super Bowl and then yeah. Tyreek Hill dies. It would be like how I felt when Tom Brady's knee got shattered the first game of whatever year that was, 2007 maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's what the people of Israel felt. The Jewish people felt. Yeah, that's true. Um. Any uh, anything that we get to recommend as a conclusion for this yeah, you have series? Any, any resources? I don't have any off the top of my. I head. think I already mentioned a book in this podcast. Did the uh, Immediate Obedience by John Lindell? Uh, no, no Rod, uh, Rod, Lloyd. Rod, Rod Lloyd. Lloyd. Yeah, Sorry. Immediate Obedience by Rod Lloyd. Yeah, I think that's our our I've big takeaway on that. Finally, I've read one you've suggested. It's a good <laughs> one. I haven't read that one. I'll put it on. My I got it for free. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just I don't know if there's something else, but anyway, that would be a good one. I yeah, don't know I if you, it would be nice if people actually tell us that they're actually picking up some of these books. That would be cool. Obviously, we don't expect you to read every single one, but yeah, has anybody ever bought any of them? Yeah. Anyway, let us know. <laughs> uh. Yeah, and then Easter Sunday. Have you guys been talking a bunch about your egg hunt? Should we? Is that happening? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty pumped. We we've had a couple egg stuffing parties so far because we have an uh, alarmingly high number of eggs that we're getting ready. <laughs> yeah, we're- I we pushed for a mentality of because, um, and I told my location. Um, when I was a child, sometimes you go to egg hunts, they'd be like, you get three eggs. Oh, and yeah. it was the most distressing things. Pastor still, Rob's even doing like, he's doing like pre-packaged, like pre-filled ones for the kid mm. who's too slow to pick any up. <laughs> so he'd be go. like, don't you worry, oh, buddy. Here's a full bag smart. for you. <laughs> that's smart. And so mm. just the heart of like, just let, just let the kids go. Like, yeah, I'd get as many eggs as you can, you can, you can fit in the bag. Just yep. go. Um, Cause I just, I remember those egg hunts where I got three eggs and, you know, my family was really mean about our egg hunts. So oh yeah, that's how it was. And I don't, I don't want, I don't want that to be. Ours were normally fine, but it was at the end. It would be, um, you had to turn all your eggs in before you left. That oh, was the plastic egg. Yeah, 
We, All right, we, empty them out. Give them back. Those are for next year. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We would do. We did one as a family. I remember that. Fine, I still, do where my parents just let us get as many as we want, but then we came back, and then you had to give all your eggs in, and then they were redistributed evenly amongst the children. Oh, so I did all the work boo. of filling my basket, only to have them redistributed. <laughs> Man, what a communist family. <laughs> <laughs> we are from the land of Bernie Sanders, so. <laughs> Man, that's bad. That's bad. Um, well, with that... <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Have a great day. See you on Palm Sunday. <laughs>